Hello, and welcome into another episode of Podcast 63. It is Season 4, Episode 30, and we are back for another off-season summer episode, even though it is not summer, and it is very evident in Chicago, because it is cold and rainy, and the weather's like crap, but that's okay, because we're here talking basketball with you all. Um, so this week, we have more stuff about transfers, uh, transfers out, and then potential transfers in. Uh, we have three names that we're going to talk a bit about, um, give you a little bit more information on, because it sounds like they're three of those guys are, are close to making their decisions and we're tops of their list. Um, so yeah, that's, I think, going to be the episode. Not going to be too long. Um, and then starting the week after this, we'll get into our, um, our season in review episodes and talk about uh, the, the players and how they did. So yeah. Um, Lou, how's the how's the transfer portal season treating you over there? Yeah, uh, well, if, as long as we don't talk about our players, they won't transfer. I think that's 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 the that's the gist of it, which I appreciate. Yeah, I, was, I, I forget yeah. I, f- I forget who it was on Twitter, but whoever shouted us that out and said stop talking about our players <laughs> yeah. uh, made me laugh because of course this wouldn't be a podcast without <laughs> talking about our players. But yeah, um, so far, uh, one name that wasn't surprising and one name that was a little surprising. And I just think that's kind of how it goes. I, I think you said to me, and we, we chatted about this maybe three years ago, right, when we kind of first started. Um, I th- it's about like two, two and a half on average, I think. And, again, maybe last year was different because with COVID. So I'd say I wouldn't use last year's numbers. But probably historically before COVID, it was like two and a half, I think, guys per team transferred. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what we're de- what we see here. Um, again, last year was weird and different, um, but we've had this before, so this is not something anything new. Um, but um, I think the way I like to sum it up is Drew said it best on uh, the field of sixty eight was Loyola Chicago is a destination for transfers. So I'm excited to talk about these potential transfers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, for all you listening at home, make sure to just keep uh, keep track of like which Loyola players we talk about this episode, and if they transfer out, then we know that we have severely messed up somewhere there's some voodoo magic happening because uh yeah Lou, like you said last week we uh tweeted about or we had the episode about demizi he transferred then i tweeted a link to a video just about ty uh playing basketball in high school and then he transferred out so uh if someone could yeah take i list. think yeah if that actually works i really hope it works the other way too because mm-hmm. if i get tired of one player i really hope i can just say don't come back and we'll see <laughs> too much power too much power i don't i don't want it uh, <laughs> exactly exactly but yeah anyway uh stick with us and always remember never forget go blairs he and we are back so let's get the uh, the tough portion out of the way. Uh, let's talk about our guys that are transferring out. Um, you know, it's kind of funny, like I mean, like we just said, but then with Demizi, um, it's hard to like it's hard to say anything more than we said last week because we pretty much said all we could about what kind of player um, Demizi is. Uh, so if if you didn't catch that episode and you want to know about Demizi, go ahead and go back listen to that. But um, but yeah, so Dubizzi announced he was transferring. I honestly like have not a conspiracy theory because that's not the right way, but I think he did it on his own. Um, and what I mean by that is 
I don't know if he if like the coaching staff knew potentially. If you look at like who we've recruited or who we've offered and interested in out of the transfer portal, as I mentioned last last week, like I think we had like fourteen names or something, thirteen names, and of those, only three were forwards and one was a center. Um, the rest were guards, and you know with Demizi's absence, like he's a forward, he's you know probably a, a four a power forward or a bigger small forward, um, and. Immediately after he uh, announced he was transferring, you know, we started looking at some more forwards, um, and, that, and now it's kind of evident by like who is left on our list of the type of player that the coaching staff is looking for. So I don't know that. I don't have any sources on that. I just I like just kind of reading the transfer portal tea leaves, um, and I just think that he. You know, might have hit, there might have been something that came up, you know, maybe there was a, you know, we don't know if it's personal, if it's uh, a team thing, if it's a coaching thing, but um, everything that I heard from um, the uh, world famous Blurs Belgium and uh, Bears podcast from Will Elcock was just that, that Demisi was like the ultimate teammate, so I can't imagine it was something between his teammates, so... Um, yeah, Lou, I don't know if you want to speculate at all or if you just want to talk about Demisi's absence or what it means, but um, I'm bummed. I'm bummed just because I wanted to see him play. I guess that's like kind of the easiest way to say it is. I just wish we could have seen him play more in a Loyola uniform. Yeah, um, I think we talked about a good bit last week about just injury, right? Injury does not help in these situations. Um, he could have seen uh, some type of writing on the wall, especially maybe – with guys coming back, but then again, so many guys were leaving this year, so I can't even speculate really on that because their potential was an opening, in my opinion. So, um, but maybe he just thought he can go out to maybe a, another team and make a, a bigger impact. Um, again, he's been here for two years, so two years is some guys that's half their time in college. So this this guy, he's got what three years that we know of, two definite mm-hmm. um, left to play. So. Yeah, it's really it's really a, it's a tough one just because there was so much what ifs around him. Meaning, because we never got to really see him play that much, we saw him a few spurts here and there. So I think he'll be one of the players in recent memory that I'll be like, "What could have been?" And it's going to be a tough one. But totally understanding that maybe this is the chance to find a new place mm-hmm. and find a place that um, might be more aligned, or maybe he maybe he goes plays with someone he knows or someone he, he might have a contact with. I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll wait to see, and I'll be very intrigued to see where he goes. But ultimately, I wish him nothing the best. Again, like you said the, on the great old uh, Blurs, Belgium, and Bears podcast, uh, Will just kept talking about how great of a good person he was, and that's really great to hear, especially Will, I think, got to really know him just because Gold Squad and everything like that. So, yeah, excited for him. He's one of the guys that I'll look out for, just like I did with Cooper, just like I did with Paxson. Uh, guys, I just happen to I'll look at the box score every time I see a game they play, and hopefully they do well. And that'd be cool if we see him in the tournament. But as hopefully we're there as well. So, yeah, I hope he doesn't go to the A10. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I I, uh, I hope that as well. That'd be that would that would that would suck. Let's not that would that'd be weird for so, both yeah. uh, for both these guys. I I honestly I w- I hope they go and play in the Missouri Valley somewhere, and like I hope they dominate because. Missouri Valley is just losing so many players left and right. Um, uh, and it just would be fun to kind of have a, a rooting interest in uh, 
some of our against some of our old opponents. Um, but yeah, Demisi, man, like I, you know, I hardly knew you. I wish I could have known you more. Um, it was nice for from Will Alcock to kind of talk about him a little bit. It was some like they're both from Indiana, and I think Demisi is maybe like a year older than Will. I'm pretty sure. Uh, very very similar in age, and he was saying Will was saying that he's definitely like played him before and played in AAU stuff like that. Um, so he knows of him and um, just knew that he was a nice guy. And then he explained that uh, uh, one of Will's high school teammates played with Demisi at Indiana uh, University of Bloomington. And so when Demisi transferred to Loyola, this, this other guy was telling Will, oh, he's a really good teammate, you know, super fun to hang out with, whatever. And Will was like, okay, like, you know, people just say that, right? Like, they just say that someone's nice even if they're just kind of mediocre, and Will was like, no, man, like, Demisi seriously was one of the nicest guys I've ever, like, been on a team with. And uh, he never complained. Like, he always just was – he had a good outlook, like, good attitude. So um, it was kind of fun to hear about, like, you know, even, like, I don't know if that's a story, but, like, uh, a reference point because we just, like, didn't get to know him, right? Because, uh, you know, we had the COVID year, and then this year it's not like they're interviewing him a lot or, like, um, seeing clips of him in the on the Austin uh, Hanson videos, that sort of thing. So um, it was just nice to kind of hear that he was a really good dude, and um, or is a really good dude rather. Uh, and um, yeah, it, it, we'll we'll be following him. Um, but uh, best of luck to Demisi. <sighs> Anything else you want to go to the other guy? I think it's I think it's time we we talk about the other guy. I'm uh, I'm still sad about Ty. I uh, I I we had someone uh, tell us that they thought he was going to transfer. This was like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, and he doesn't have sources. They don't have sources or anything. But like that's just what they were thinking. And I was like, no way. There's no way Ty is transferring. There's so much opportunity. Like he played a little bit this year. You know, he had the kind of fun. It seemed like fun relationship with Lucas. Uh, like big brother, little brother type thing. Like, you know, it seemed like he got along so well. They're moving to the A10. We're losing all these seniors. There's so much opportunity. There's no way. I, I just didn't think there was any way that, and he's from Chicago. Like I would think he'd want to stay in Chicago. Um, but yeah, unfortunately he put his name in the transfer portal. It was kind of weird timing. Cause there was this video circul- circulating on Twitter that someone at like interviewed him at, like on Loyola's campus, which I also just kind of think is strange in general. Just like approaching these, you know, a freshman in college and asking him a bunch of questions, but whatever. Um, and it it like the way that Ty was talking, it very much the way he answered questions that he was going to be around next year and looking forward to the team and filling their roles and all that kind of stuff. So it was just kind of weird timing, I guess. That video, someone asked if that video was taken that day that he uh posted that he was transferring and i never saw if there was a reply i don't know if you saw that lou um no yeah but but uh it just felt like weird timing and um so so yeah i mean i i guess i I, i'll go on in a little bit here but i guess uh what, what were you thinking about about ty and his decision to transfer yeah i i think it would just left me with there was there's so much I, I thought there was so much opportunity right I don't I can't speak to maybe what actually was coming um, ahead 
Um, but yeah, again, Chicago, the Lucas relationship, and then also relationship with Saint. I thought it, like we saw in the open practice mm-hmm. right in the beginning that it was like him and Saint were the guys talking to each other, talking to each other. Uh, Drew had no problem talking with them. So yeah, really kind of shocked uh, without a doubt. Um, it, it's kind of crazy to think that really no point guard from that class um, is around anymore. Um, Cause again, we, I, I thought it would be like TY and then he'd be right behind Marquise and Braden for the point guard. And then we have Jaden and Jalen. So I am interested, and then again we got Ben who redshirted this year, so I, I don't know what moving pieces there might be, or if they, even there are. Um, his Instagram uh, post didn't really, to my eyes, really answer anything. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, uh, really, really going to be intrigued uh, about what happens, and yeah, it's it, it's a tough one just because I think in our heads, at least in mine, and I think maybe us as well, we had this thought about what type of person and who would he be uh from a player standpoint mm-hmm. and like maybe the future and stuff but that just didn't isn't gonna happen and it's like okay well shit that's not gonna happen so um it's tough it's it it sucks a little bit um but um it is what it is and i wish him nothing the best there's really it just i think it's just tough because we had all this hope mm-hmm. and then now it's just it's changing so um i think the mentality for us as fans, it's like, okay, well, that sucks. It absolutely does. Then kind of like next guy up kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I think that that's what it is really. But it's a, it's a good one. It's a good time. Um, and just happy that we got to see him a little bit spurts. Again, I'm never going to – I don't know if I'll forget uh, too soon his, what, missed layup or missed dunk. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, tough one to see, absolutely. Yeah, I think ultimately, like for me, you just get you you get to learn like these guys and like their their history, their family, and like I'll one of the things I won't forget. It, it has nothing to do with basketball. Uh, two months before the they were going to school, um, Ty and one of his friends, who's a women's basketball player uh, going to college, I forget where, they were involved in like a a random shooting, and Ty got shot, grazed in the head, and. Um, it was just one of those moments where, you know, it's something bigger than basketball, right? Like, I don't even care that he's – I just want him to be okay, you know? Like, it doesn't matter if he could play basketball again, and then he was okay, and then thank God, right? Like, but it's just one of those, like, it's a Chicago kid, Chicago story, right? And, like, you root for the best. You know, I'm from the area, and I think of myself as a Chicago guy. Um, and, uh, you know, you just get to know these, these players and, like, kind of their you know somewhat their family situations or like where they went to high school and, and stuff like that and you get to know their personalities and you know maybe that's my fault that I get kind of attached to them but um yeah you just you just I like to learn about them and and um try to see optimistically about what their career might be and who what kind of player they could potentially be if they hit their ceiling type thing and um it, I guess it's just uh, I'm gonna follow him for sure, and uh, it'll just be another uh, opportunity to get to know some other new player, uh, whether that's a transfer, whether that's an incoming freshman. Um, yeah, so I, what I think happened, um, and just from kind of reading around, uh, Braden and Marquise are, are not. I'm, I'm oh no, I mentioned their names. Uh, I don't think they're going anywhere. I. 
I, I think that's safe to say that they're they're here for at least next year. Uh, and he probably knew that, saw that, and realized, okay, like at best, I'm a backup point guard. And then you know you look at behind you on the depth chart, you got two three star point guards coming in, who are both bigger than you, um, and they both are like very different types of players. You know, Jalen Quinn is uh, very much a pass first uh, defensive three point shooter, and then you got Jaden Dawson, who's the athletic sort of score first type point guard. And I think he just looked at the depth chart and went, "Man, I I don't know if I want to fight for backup point guard minutes." And I can't blame him, right? Like, he's got a ton of talent. He himself is a three-star athlete. Um, I'm pretty sure he could transfer to a a bunch of mid-majors and any low-major and start um, and play 25, 30 minutes a game. So I hope that he finds that situation where he can just go and and play basketball. Um, And, uh, yeah, we wish him him nothing but the best. And... uh, it was fun, uh, fun seeing him suit up for us. So, Lou, any any last thoughts about Ty? Yeah, I th- I do think he, he potentially could have seen ri- the writing written on the wall also about the backup situation. Absolutely, two strong point guard position guys coming in, some guys doing something different. I I do think, funny enough, that he is what I know of the better defender of the two guys coming in. So again, it's it's all possibilities here, and there's the possibility is that he most likely will not be wearing a Royal Rambler uniform ever again. So mm-hmm. tough to say, but um, can understand maybe the the predicament or the idea to maybe find some other spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty confident he'll find somewhere to play, and uh, hopefully he can uh, uh, play super well there. So. Yeah, uh, best of luck to both those guys. Um, fun to have you here, uh, and uh, we hope to, to to meet again sometime, whether we're playing against you or uh, if you come back home to Chicago. So, uh, moving on, we have uh, we're going to talk about the, the other end of the transfer portal, the other side, which is potentially adding players. Um, there's three players this week that I think have some interesting. Uh, progression of their you know decision of their transfer portal life that um, allude to us being more than just an interest uh, and those three guys um, are Hayden Brown who's out of the Citadel uh, he's a grad transfer uh, Philip Alston who is a D2 player from I have the website California Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania sorry Oh, what? The official site? It says California University of Pennsylvania Athletics. Yep. Wow. Yep. That's a mouthful and extremely confusing. (laughs) And then the last guy is Sheldon Edwards, who uh, is a transfer from Valparaiso University, who most of us uh, fans should be kind of familiar with. So um, those are the three. I don't know if you, Lou, if you had in mind if you want to take one or if we want to just each talk about each of them. Maybe we have a little bit different things to say. Um, but yeah, take it away. Where do you want to start? Yeah, I think the biggest one is just because um, I think he'll be the quick first one to maybe commit is Hayden Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, Hayden, right away, I think we mentioned to each other um, a man who's dominated the conference and the team he's been with. Right, mm-hmm. last two years nearly identical. The guys um, over the last two years, he's averaged the same stats. <laughs> he's averaged eighteen point eight points, and then he's averaged ten rebounds. 
over the last two years. Ten and a half last year, nine and a half rebounds per game this year. So absolute um, domination. Um, Buck, I think you told me uh, preseason player of the year this past year for his conference with SoCon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just like, what does that translate to? And I think you and I said it translates to what I think will be a great role player off the bench. And not even in comparison-wise, I just think in minutes-wise and usage will be very similar to a Tate Hall. Um, but, Buck, what, what does first glance get you before we start talking about a Tate Hall comparison? Yeah, I, I just really like him. I You know, I know there's some knocks on him. He's not a great three-point shooter. Um, but, you know, take that into consideration, and he's still averaging nearly 19 points a game. Um, like he gets his buckets in other ways. And it's something that we don't have, which is offensive rebounding, mid range and post player. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't always low post, but he gets sort of turnarounds or, or hook shots or stuff like that. Um, so it's it just, I think another weapon, like you said, I, I think a be- like a role player coming off the bench, uh, obviously we could be shocked, but um, but yeah, I like it. I, I, I know there have been there's been some chatter of like don't want to settle. Let's see if we can get some better players. I really like him. Uh, he plays tough. He's six foot five, but you know, averaging like you said, oh, 10 rebounds over two years at six foot five, like that. There's a talent there. It's not just like uh, um, you know luck or athleticism. Like he's got talent, it, it, and one of his skills. Is rebounding. You can be a good rebounder and not be tall, and that's what he is. And I think this team is going to need some rough, tough guy uh, to kind of to make to set a message um, with this mostly young team besides our two lead guards. So, um, yeah, I like him a lot. I've seen his game. He's had some big games. I know you mentioned uh, earlier, but he had 19 against Duke this year. Um, like. He's a really good player, and I I would be very excited to have him on our team. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think um, the craziest thing is that if you now I don't I'm not saying he's putting stats, but we we gotta right now start thinking a ten, right? Like that's where where do these players fit in, right? And with the a ten, again, I we I understand this is gonna be, but the highest. Um, average point scorer last year for the A10 was 17.7. And then the average rebounder was the highest rebounder was 11.5, with the second rebounding being 8.14. Mm-hmm. Now, I am not expecting, and I could totally be wrong, and I'd be happy if Hayden Brown commits loyal and proves me wrong on this. So go do it if you're listening. But I don't think he's going to be dropping 18.8 and 9.5 and rebounds. Um, but I think that's something that in a A10 conference he could easily do and make a difference off the bench by getting maybe six to seven rebounds a game with maybe like eight to ten points a game. Mm-hmm. And like those are critical things. I don't need him to be a three point shooter if you're off the bench, right? Mm-hmm. It'd be nice, right? Because again, maybe us as Loyola fans have gotten accustomed to a three point shooting uh, person off the bench, right? But I also enjoy, and I'll be biased, love Lucas Williamson, but I enjoy him more driving the hoop. Like, I just have a preference when I see certain guys. So, Hayden, I don't know, and I'll be watching a little bit more of his film, but his stats tell me that he knows how to score. But I know that that's going to be brought down, um, the the totals and the averages. Mm-hmm. But something, even though that's going to be brought down, 
I think, Buck, I want to talk about your point you mentioned earlier just in our conversation mm-hmm. is efficiency. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something with Hayden Brown that I just want to not just end on and we'll talk, but how important do you think he could be with efficiency as even though his numbers are going to go down, the efficiency he might bring? Yeah, I mean, uh, the past two years he averaged around 28% shooting from three, which is not good, just playing out. Uh, but his overall field goal percentage was around 51%, which is very good. So he's very much taking advantage of, like, even though he's not a great three-point shooter, he's making tons of twos. Um, And over his career, he's been about a 70% free throw shooter. Last year was down a little bit. But especially those three-point numbers, um, you know, you you play on a team with a lot of good players, you're going to get more open shots. It's just how it works, right? And Loyola's offense is passing up good shots for better shots. So... You know, even if he shoots 33% from three next year and and maintains a lot of his other uh, efficiency numbers, he's going to be a darn good player. Um, and just, I think he could just be a valuable piece, right? I, I think we all, we all know we're not expecting to win an A-10 championship next year, but add him into the mix. And I, I think we have a pretty, pretty good chance of scaring some teams come A-10 tournament time. So... Um, that's kind of my thoughts on him. I, I want him. I'm, I'm straight up honest. Like I, I think he's a fun player um, and a very unique player. And I, I think that sort of uh, skill and talent is um, could be effective for us uh, uh, next season. So yeah, that's my thoughts on, on Hayden Brown. Yeah, exciting to talk about. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's move to the next guy. Let's talk about Philip Alston. Um, Philip, like you said, is from the. California University of Pennsylvania Athletics, which, oh, wow, that's so much. Um, but he's a 6'6 forward. Uh, he um, originally like wasn't recruited much out of high school, and he's got an interesting background, which I, I just kind of want to mention out of the gate. A lot of people called him lazy in high school or like a bad defender. Um, but this past year, um, uh, in, or sorry, no, in 2019, so after he went and played at uh, this at the university. Um, he uh, ended up passing out, and he went to the, got taken to the hospital. And they figured out after a lot of tests that he had a hemoglobin deficiency uh, uh, because he was bleeding. He had internal bleeding, and um, this sort of problem was happening for him in high school as well, and was affecting his overall health and just his energy levels and all that kind of stuff. And they uh, figured out how to treat it, and and he just raves about how much better of a basketball player he is. I mean, and kind of simply, he just said he's very thankful to even be playing basketball at all. Um, but if you look, I mean, dude was just a monster last year. I'll uh, I'll read off his some of his statistics, and I'll let you take it. But uh, yeah, last year he averaged twenty one points a game. He nearly rebound or averaged eleven rebounds per game. Um, and uh, uh, a couple assists a game, and I think also nearly two blocks a game as well. So um, he's not the, the tallest guy, but he is athletic as hell. I've, I've seen some clips of him just rim-rocking dunks, jumping out of the gym, swatting shots, like plays much bigger than a 6'6 player. So I, uh, I'm a fan of his now, and I'm, I'm hopeful that after uh, after his visit, which is coming up, he's visiting Loyola this week. Uh, he might end up picking us. But yeah, Lou, what are what are some of your thoughts on Phil Alston? From uh, he's originally from Columbus, Ohio. 
What's your thoughts? Yeah, so uh, just some some quick thoughts. It's there's actually a town called California, Pennsylvania. So oh, that's why it might be wow. confusing. Okay. Yeah, and it's it, I believe it's just like just south of Pittsburgh. Oh, it's yeah. just outside of Pittsburgh. Learn yeah. something new every day. So, yeah, there you go. There you go. So yes, it, it is a real place, and it's in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think um, this one's a little bit different uh, than like uh, Hayden being on a. He's Hayden was D one, right? Uh, Philip is D two. So for me, both of them also, no matter what level, you kind of got to take what a different grain, right? You look at it, you're like, okay, what are they doing? How efficient, right? Like, what is the type of player um, that you might see? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the biggest thing is um, one is just the con- efficiency and consistency uh, of like play. Again, I think um, I'm looking at. I was looking at some of Phil Phil's stats, and it's like just putting up points. Like he knew how to score. Um, takes a lot of shots, mm-hmm. which um, is not like a bad thing in necessarily as long as you have good percentages. And I think there was just one ba- one one or two bad games I saw, but he shot at a fifty three percent, nearly fifty four percent this past year, right? So like those are those are good percentages. To, yeah. So go go ahead and shoot, right? Um, definitely doesn't shoot the three. Does not shoot the three. And again, I I don't need him to shoot the three to be a good ball player. Like that doesn't isn't what it is. Um, free throws are something that I think are something that are like ah. Like, I think we all – Loyola's never been great at free throws, so any way to improve that is great. So, for me, it's really just the efficiency of scoring. Um, again, though, at a D2 level, it's different, um, and I understand that. But I think we've had success, and nearly it's weird going back to Tate Hall again. We've had success with a D2 person coming up, or Juco even coming up. So, there, there's no, I think, hesitation to the idea that a different level um, of – player mm-hmm. meaning like a d2 or juco has any type of i guess hurdle they, they definitely have hurdles and differently have things but i think that you can fit into loyola basketball pretty handedly i think that the coaching staff knows what they're doing and especially that drew was on the coaching staff that had tate that had keith like so he knows that these guys might have a different pace and understanding so i think it's an interesting uh pick overall um it's an interesting kind of player too like a six six forward um i think he's gonna be a big body down low i think that's what it is mm-hmm. i don't know buck if you've seen any highlights have you yeah i have he's athletic as hell he plays bigger than he is um obviously he's playing d2 so the guys are a little smaller but um gotcha. he's just really really athletic um and uh he's a he's a power forward uh yeah gotcha yeah so again i think the only thing is um that power forward at six six might might kind of get us um i think he'd probably be great when we go small mm-hmm. i think that's the the biggest thing here is that he could be an absolute benefit when we when we were to if we were to play small right because um, that's just kind of what you do is you want an athletic guy who plays that big spot and and it's weird to think that a six six guy could potentially play um, the four, but again, CK, I think this is who I'm kind of envisioning yeah. potentially off the bench is CK was only six, seven. So, um, I think if you're saying, uh, Phil is going to be a little bit more athletic, maybe we can get someone who gets to the rim, um, a little bit even stronger, right? CK was great with his body. He knew how to move. So I think this is what Phil, um, Alston can really do. 
Um, and I think that's what I'm looking for for Phil is off the bench, key, and then even if he needs to start, like if we want to set up the lineup a little different, I think it's going to be really great when we go to a, like a stretch and we go to a small. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just going to be tough when we when we go up against a team that might have a 6'8 and 6'10 and then a 6'9 guy off the bench. That's just going to be something that's going to be an adjustment. But again, we've had we've had plenty of guys, Juco or transfer, that have been a little undersized for that big that four position and done quite well. So I'm not saying it's give up hope or anything. I'm just saying I think it's not going to be a quick and smooth transition, but something that's doable. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting the the kind of talent that Drew's uh, searching out here, and it's you know even these these forwards who aren't. I, you know, I guess you could say they're undersized a little bit. But then when he, he's got his guards, and he loves his 6'3", 6'4", guards. So, you know, I, I don't know. It's something to keep our eyes on, um, you know, as time passes and, like, years pass and all that kind of stuff. But um, I, I like both these players. Uh, I think they give us something that we don't have right now, which is just um, athleticism out of that spot and also toughness. Um, so that that's something that I I like from both of them, both Brown and Alston, and uh, yeah, I, I I would happily take uh, Philip Alston onto our team, and I think he's got a good story, which I I really enjoy. So there you go. The last sweet wall. Uh, you want to talk about the last yeah. guy? Absolutely, I think another good story here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the last one, uh, Sheldon Edwards. Uh, for those who who know the name, uh, he did play at Valpo for two years. Um, uh, so he does have, I believe, three years of eligibility remaining because he's very much like Huddy, where he his freshman year was the COVID year. So I, you know, he's got two years and then an additional one if he chooses to take it. Six uh, four guard. He's from Florida. Uh, he can light it up in a hurry. He came off the bench for them. I don't remember. Did he win six man of the year? Or, like, he won one of the... Remember how there was, like... No, a, um, he was the captain of the, the bench team. Right, which means, we. I think we asked, it's like, that. that's voted on by the media, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, either way, so, he was one of the, the two best players to come off the bench in uh, the Missouri Valley Conference this year, so... Yeah, I think, uh, just to insert my opinion, which I think maybe you... I think he should have won player uh, sixth man of the year. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it comes to, it again, then coach of the year and player of the year. We could all go on about how that ended up. But it ends up just who wins regular season. It's in favor of that. We've been we've seen that on our fortune, right? So that's just kind of how it is. But Sheldon Edwards, I think, did damn well, improved himself last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he went from scoring eight points a game uh, to almost 11 and a half. Uh, he increased both his free throw percentage, his three-point percentage, and his overall field goal percentage. And that went from playing 21 minutes a game to 25 and a half or so minutes a game. He increased his rebounds. He had the same amount of assists. He increased his block shots, his steals. Like I mean, he just got better across the board. Um, and as a lot of people, a lot of Loyola fans might remember, he single-handedly almost uh, knocked us off uh, twice, kind of. I mean, both times he, he had 20 points in the first game uh, at Loyola where that went to double overtime and then had 23 points against us um, when they were playing in Valparaiso. So uh, maybe the old, uh, I don't know if this is kind of unfair, but the old adage, if you can't beat, beat them, join them, uh, uh, theory kind of applies here. Um, 
but no, I, I would be very happy to have him. He's a six foot four guard, which fits into that mold. Uh, he's very athletic, which I actually didn't remember. I saw a couple highlights of like dunks from him on his Twitter today. Um, so yeah, I, I you know I don't we're, we're trying to figure out whether these players need to sit out a year because in years past, like unless you were a graduate transfer or redshirted the year before, you pretty much had to sit out. Um, and in traditional sense, he should have to sit out a year. Uh, same with uh, Philip Alston. Uh, being from D2 to D1, whereas Hayden Brown's a grad transfer. There's no worry there. He definitely is going to be able to play next year. Um, but, yeah, so we, we're trying to figure it out. It it seems like everyone is just going to be granted waivers, but I you never know. The NCAA always has a way of screwing things up, so he might have to sit a year. But um, either way, I, I think he's going to be a potentially a great addition. He narrowed his – his uh, transfer portal teams to three. It's us, uh, Santa Clara, and uh, Grand Canyon University. Um, and, I mean, let's be honest, we're the best team out of those three. I think we can confidently say that. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward. I think Sheldon Edwards would make a great addition to our squad. But what do you think, Lou? Yeah, I think um, maybe Drew just got tired of watching a guy drop 20-plus on us. <laughs> Um, and reach out, uh, but uh, nonetheless, I think definitely an improved player overall. Uh, this is the type of kind of player um, I would lean, though I guess no. I, I've noticed some some similarities with a lot of these guys, so I think uh, though Sheldon Edwards is really, one of my plays I'll remember is a game at Valpo where he just jumped up from beyond three and just ch- had no problem chucking it up. And he just drilled it, I think, right in front of Lucas. So um, it is an interesting dynamic of what type of player uh, Drew's going after. But I think also it's more about, it's also the fit, right? What type of fit can this player um, kind of connect with? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's this is right now, Sheldon Edwards is kind of the outlier for me, actually, because I don't know if Drew would potentially look at him as uh, a starter or as a role player off the bench that, that he already last year proved that he can definitely uh, be a strong bench player. So it, it's going to be an interesting one for sure. Um, but I think the fact that we're in a, a strong position with the top three, I'd be very intrigued. Um, I think it's just going to come down to maybe who has the better kind of sales pitch um, to offer him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you said, I think his role would be potentially it could I mean he played at a really high level in the Missouri Valley Conference last year, and I think he could play at a really high level in the A ten. Um so if if not a starter, I think he is that first or second guy off the bench for you. Um especially can like if he can play next year, which is like we said, kind of in the air. We don't have a ton of guard depth that has college basketball, you know, D1 experience. Um, so I think he might be sort of that first guy off the bench from the guard position um, and uh, fill that role of, like, if we need we need someone to, to put up some points or to look to score in a different way, he could come in and potentially do that. So, um, yeah, I, I'm excited. I think these are all three good names. I know, like, this might not wow anyone, um, but like, I think you got to trust the process. You got to trust what Drew said, uh, down in new Orleans, um, for the, uh, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank on the name with Rob Doster and uh, oh, field 68. Yeah. Field 68. He said, we're transfer you. We've had 
six straight all-conference players that have been transfers, all six different players in the past six years. Um, and it's just now it's in terms of like who's next, right? And I, I, I think we're going to keep that up. Um, I think that we have uh, a potential to do that again uh, with some of the transfers. Um, and, you know, we don't need to get uh, the top-level transfers in order them for them to be a great fit into our system. So, um, yeah, all three guys uh, I think have a chance. I'm really interested to see. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if we'll have any decisions by this time next week. I know um, Hayden Brown said he was going to make his after his last visit, which I think was April 18th. Um, I'm not too sure on the other guys. Uh, it seems like maybe Sheldon Edwards might be the closest, but uh, he might also still need to do his visit. So, um, I, you know, sitting here next week, maybe we have one to talk about, but uh, who knows? Maybe maybe we have more than that. Um, any any last thoughts on the, the transfers that we have the potential to get? Or any of the, is there anyone else you want to talk about besides those three? Uh, no, I think, uh, well, last what last week I mentioned uh, a few guys, right, um, that were hopefuls. Um, and then, funny enough, one of them transferred the next day. So yeah. <laughs> um, a, it's interesting for me, a lot of guys that I know we recruited, uh, Nigel Pack out of Kansas State uh, transferred. Um, but I think he's getting some names uh, that are a little bit in more of the Power Six conferences, you could say, right? So, um hoping to maybe to see some of those names uh, kind of pop up. But again, I think it's, it's weird. I don't know. Do guys automatically get a transfer? So you maybe, I didn't think about that. I just assumed everyone had to wait a year, mm-hmm. but now if you're getting these guys who automatically get to play, you have to already think about the team you already have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that didn't cross my mind until this week. So um, excited for the transfer, but I think even Bob Huggins said, sometimes the transfer can just make it even worse sometimes because then you got all these people and it's like well they don't have a year to just learn your system they don't have and sometimes that was in favor that a year spent a year tate well tate's year is a little bit stupid why he had to wait a year but sometimes it might help and again though i can understand why some of these guys need to play immediately totally get it so it's just going to be interesting to see what type of guys we're going after again just to reiterate hayden has his top three um, we're in it. It's us, South Carolina, and Georgia Tech. Philip hasn't posted any final top or anything, right? No, he has not. Mm-mm. And then just Sheldon, like we said there at the end, it's us, Grand Canyon University, in Santa Clara. So, yeah. um, and a mix of guys. Hayden is a graduate. has got one year left. Phillip's Juco has got – or not Juco, D2. So he's got two years. Mm-hmm. And then Sheldon's got three years because of COVID. So not like solely only graduate transfers, right? Um, so interesting to see what Drew's looking for. And again, this is Drew's full recruiting process. This is not anything related to Porter and guys staying committed like CK and Ryan did last year. Like they both reaffirmed their commitment to Drew. No, these are guys Drew's going after that he saw and he's giving the final say. Um, but so I'm excited to see what type of uh, recruiting class that turns out to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got it's got a lot of opportunity, a lot of potential. And, uh, you know, there's lots of time left. We could still get a different guy that uh, we haven't even mentioned yet. So, um, but yeah, I think that's going to do it here from Buck and Lou Podcast 63. Um, we got a lot of stuff cooking. Uh, like I said last week, we're, we're working on stuff. This this episode should sound just as well as the, the, last, the one last week. Thank you to people who replied and reached out and let us know. Um, we're happy with how it sounds. There's still some tweaks, but uh, 
Um, but yeah, that that is uh, something that we are uh, happy about. And then we're hoping to get an episode with a former player here shortly. Uh, Got to line up our schedules. But, um, but yeah, hopefully we get that uh, during the offseason. So uh, that's going to do it um, from Buck and Lou at Podcast 63. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, always remember, go Blurs.